What's shaking, my friends? Welcome to my podcast. I am the Trembling EMT, and this is my Parkinson's journey. What's shaking, my friends? Welcome back. All right. I ranted for a bit, talked about the mindful diet, talked about a lot of things. Next hour. So, I was looking for a topic to do today and uh, coincide with things that are going on presently or have passed or have have happened. And I started talking about last week about how a lot of the stuff that I say as far as managing health and wellness goes for the care partner. I uh, came across the Davis Finney. Oh, yeah. Oh, Parkinson's Parkinson's care partner rewriting the rule book. It's uh, it's created by uh, Davis Davis Finney, the biker who has um, the cyclist who has Parkinson's. His wife is uh, she's she does speaks about the care partner and. I got to listen to her talk at the Davis Finney Summit in uh, Philly. And it talks about the guy, the rulebook guidelines and rewriting it, right? Here. So it gives us, like, so the first part is rulebook guidelines. Use these guidelines to develop your own rulebook for living well with Parkinson's. So the guidelines for the, for the rulebook are write your own rulebook. Parkinson's affects everyone differently as it progresses. What works for one care partner may not work for you. Be smart. Rules work when they are practical and encourage mutual caring. Do your best to take care of each other. Second guideline is the rule book empowers you to achieve optimal health and well-being for you and the person with Parkinson's. When you establish these rules, you create a set of communication tools that you can build on to live well now and reference back to. That makes sense. Your rulebook is rooted in knowledge, relies on good manners, yet demands respect. You and your and your person with Parkinson's will travel this path more gracefully when you act with a foundation when a with a foundation of knowledge and faith in each other and are willing to hold each other accountable. Please and thank you go a long way. The rulebook is dynamic. Your rulebook will evolve over time as your person with Parkinson's progress, and you experience your own talent your own challenges in lifestyle and circumstance. Revise, exi- revise existing rules and adapt as needed. Solid guidelines. Benefits of the rulebook. The rulebook allows you to reset your relationship with, the, with your person with Parkinson's. Resetting is pivotal. For example, if your person with Parkinson's is your partner, you may have to overrule decisions that would usually that they would usually make, like buying sugar and candy. 
Rules rules allow you to define decision making and focus on what matters most. Let's try that again. Rules allow you to define decision making and focus on what matters most. The health and well being of you and your partner and your person with Parkinson's. Rules help you identify and clarify challenges, wishes, and expectations. Rules may be may help you avoid feeling like anger or guilt that arises out of lack of clarity. That makes sense. I get yelled at for looking at my phone, but it keeps blinking. That all the game apps that I have. All right, rules for yourself. All right, these are rules for the caregiver. So pay attention, caregivers. This one's for you. Let's see if anyone's on my streaming. All right, rules for yourself. Acknowledge that you dislike or hate Parkinson's. I'll read that again. Acknowledge that you dislike or hate Parkinson's. You will experience many feelings after diagnosis as Parkinson's progress. Um, I don't know. This sounds like more like for me or for the person with Parkinson's, but let's continue. I'll read it again. Acknowledge that you dislike or hate Parkinson's. You will experience many feelings after diagnosis and as a as Parkinson's progresses, make space to name and feel the strong, those strong feelings, including sense of loss, sadness, anger, and frustration. And those feelings will happen. Yeah, they will. It is natural to grieve for what you could have been after the initial diagnosis and to grieve for what is, what has been lost as Parkinson's advances. Instead of ignoring or putting those strong feelings aside, learn to recognize and soften them to help you live well today. Learn to separate the disease from the person living with Parkinson's. It will enable you to learn, it will enable you to be more empathetic. Learn to separate the disease from the person living with Parkinson's. Hmm. Where's my glasses? Aha. Uh-huh. I was waiting for someone to message me saying they're on my head. No, I can't see where I should them. All right. It's in more challenging times, it can be a struggle to separate the symptoms associated with Parkinson's and the side effects of the medication from the, the person living with Parkinson's. Be informed. Ask your doctor about medication side effects and how challenges in dosages will change with the severity of the potential side effects, including mood swings, understand on and off times, and fatigue Understand how on and off times and fatigue change 
the behavior of the person living with Parkinson's. So, no, still can't see. All right, now I can see. Put your health first. I'm going to repeat that again. Put your health first. This is for the care partner. Many care partners focus so much on the person with Parkinson's health and well-being they neglect their own. You won't be able to be the best care for your person with Parkinson's unless you are healthy too. Take the time to take care of you, including exercise. Seek support from other care partners. Join the support group. Uh, my support group does split meetings with, uh, they do, I go, every quarter they do, every week, every month they do regular care partners and persons with Parkinson's. And then once every three months, once a quarter, they do a split meeting. Whereas the people with Parkinson's one room and the caregivers and the care partners in the other room. And you think it'd be bashing each other or at least, but nine times out of ten we talk about other stuff or we just, at least the times that I've been there doesn't seem like we talk about, we talk about different things including the care partners. It's weird. It's not the type, it's not what I expected of people saying, hey, my partner does this or what it is. It's basically, this happens, what do I do? How do I involve my care partner or stuff like that? It's kind of, kind of nice. But uh, seek support from other care partners. You are not alone, and much of what you're experiencing is shared by others. It might help to reach out and connect with care partners who are going through many of the same things. Check out a care partner support group online or nearby. If you don't have one, think of organizing one. If you don't have one, call me. I'll find one for you. There's a bunch in the area, at least for Parkinson's. Um, ask for help. All right. I'm going to be admitted. It's hard for me to ask for help. So that's something I need to work on too at home and at work. At work, I've been better because I'm drowning at work. Drowning, drowning, drowning. So ask for help. Whether you're the person with Parkinson's or care partner. So ask for help. Know what you can, what you can't do. Every know that you can't do everything, or control aspects of your person with Parkinson's. Be honest about what you can and can can't do. Ask for help to complete the tasks you can't do, from willing friends and family members. Identify simple tasks that other that another person can easily do for you, and that will lighten your load. Makes sense. That goes. It sounds like it was for the care partner, but for the person with Parkinson's, like knowing your knowing your limitations, knowing when you say it. When someone asks for help, don't don't feel bad for saying yes, because that's your new norm. You might not be able to do something that 
you could do well before. But and then in the same turn, talk to your care partner and be like, hey, you might have to switch roles. Like, you know, something that they you, they do that you can do just as good or they can show it to you just as good. Say, hey, can I do this? Because I can't do this anymore. So let's let's switch jobs. I think that's one of the things in setting up a rule book and rule guidelines if you, and that communication tools to say, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Or even if you're a care partner and you notice that you're having trouble dealing with something because you've taken something over, but there's something on your plate that your person with Parkinson's can do, be like, hey, since I'm doing this now, can you do this for me? So like that, you have something to do and I'm not overwhelmed. And if you're overwhelmed, say, hey, I am overwhelmed. Communication. So ask for help. Oh, the next one goes good. Ask for help early and before you might need it. Though that you're... Ask for help early and before you need it. That way your person with Parkinson's learns to accept help from others and you will and you'll know who to rely on in time of need. For example, designate a friend who can drive a person with Parkinson's to their exercise class or help with household chores. Hey, technically I'm a care partner. Or because I John needed to get to class. Well, so I hijacked or I kidnapped or I think hijacked a person with Parkinson's for my class because he was signed up and I found out he's like, oh, I'm going to go to day class. And I was like, come to the night class. He's like, oh, I don't drive. And my wife doesn't drive. I said, I'll drive you because I needed a a buddy. So I don't know if that works as kidnapping or hijacking him, but I hijacked him from the day class and now he's coming to me with the night class. But that's something that they knew they needed help with and they not that they asked for help but they allowed me to help them to drive them to class so that's kind of cool just put two and two together i know i'm slow like that safety first safety is very very important all right i think it's time to sit So, what does safety mean for care partners and people with Parkinson's? Once I get this chair working. That sounded horrible. I apologize for those listening. All right. Safety first. Your primary job as a part as a care partner is to ensure your person living with Parkinson's is safe. If your person with Parkin if a person living with Parkinson's isn't doing something to endanger their health or well-being, communicate the threat to their safety and take Active steps to remove the threat. Anticipate potential threats in your person living with Parkinson's and be valiant. 
be part of the be uh part of making this work is setting the expectation ahead of time and you are the boss when it comes to safety <laughs> all right there Pete what's going on brother my buddy Peter just signed on said hello oh said hello in his fashion all right back to this being focused hey christine how are you tell lindsay said hello i'm still waiting to borrow the pillow distractions so to reiterate what I said about safety first. When it comes to in your rule book, you have to set the uh, set the expectation that you're you're the boss when it comes to safety if you're the care partner of someone with living with uh You are the, you're the boss. You're, you're, you know what's, what's safe and some, some of us might be, uh, the person with Parkinson's might be in denial of what they can and cannot do. So you have to put your foot down. You have to let the, in your rule book, the expectation is that the care partner is, is the, so the care partner is the boss when it comes to the person with Parkinson's safety, just as the person with Parkinson's is the boss of the safety of the care partner. If that made sense. Hopefully it made sense. What up, dear? You should be working, not online. All right. So complete a Parkinson's home safety checklist from the Davis Finney Foundation. And, oh, I didn't post. So I got to post the, man. I'm horrible at saying what I'm going to do and then doing it. All right, so. How to purchase the mindful diet book. Let's copy that first. Post it on the Facebook. For those who signed on and are waiting for it. Alright, there you go. And then the safety home checklist. If you're listening, um, go to dpf.org. slash home dash safety all right so safety checklist so decluttering removing tripping hazards minimizing fall risk avoiding excess 
Access to ladders and stools. Maximize support system. Crab bars. Not a bad checklist. Sleep safety. Between one-third and one-half of people with Parkinson's report REM sleep behavior disorders. Symptoms. A person with RDB acts out vivid dreams in different ways, and many range from walking in their sleep to jumping from the bed to kicking a sleep partner. Bed partners report violent responses by a person with RDB involving being punched, bitten, or kicked while the person is acting out the dream is uh, acting out the dream is unaware of this behavior. Since RDB can be physically harmful, seek out a solution that works. Talk to your doctor about medication and adjust sleep arrangements. It may be necessary to get separate beds. That's bad. Access your part, your person with Parkinson's ability to drive. Get tested. So there's um. Right, let me read it. first. Let me read, finish. Let me finish reading this because it might say what I was about to say. You and your other un, you and others uncomfortable driving with a person with Parkinson's. A certified driving rehabilita- rehabilitation specialist, a CDRS. Can give one can give your person with Parkinson's a comprehensive driving assessment. Following the assessment, the specialist may provide aids to help you to help your person with Parkinson's to drive better, offer restrictions on their driving, no driving at night, etc., and take a diff a difficult decision of when to retire from driving out of your hands, helping you avoid highly charged conversation, blame, or guilt. Get a disabled parking pass. This was a to- this was a topic of conversation the other day. Um, a disabled parking pass not only provides closer access, which isn't always needed, but can be helpful, especially in crowded parking lots. It provides more space and therefore easier access in and out of the vehicles, which is almost always needed. This is a simple process arranged through your primary doctor or neurologist's office. I tried to get in through my regular doctor. I got sent to my neurologist, but last year, walking in the snow wasn't as fun as I remembered it. I luckily I hadn't fallen, knock on wood. I got coffee, I forgot about my coffee. It wasn't um I didn't fall, luckily. But regaining balance knowing you like you slip. Not not as easy as I recall it in previous years than um than last year. And sometimes at work, because I'm always on time, I'd have to park on the other side of the parking lot and walking across black ice. Not fun, not fun. But 
I was like, I have no other choice. But then the, um, the caseworker at my support group was like, why don't you get a parking pass, a disabled parking pass? I'm like, because I'm not disabled. And she's like, that's not, she, she explained to it how we have our, most of us in the group had a bad connotation with disabled and what we're used to correlating being disabled is not what it used to be. It just, she's like, you have a condition that sometimes you need to be closer, but you don't have to use it all the time. Just because you have it doesn't mean you have to use it, which made sense. So during the summer, there's no need for me to do it because I need the exercise. So I need to park across the the parking lot and walk that far. But then during the winter, it's not safe for me to walk that far. Although I need the exercise, but it's still not safe. So I can use the uh, I can use the parking pass. So that's what I'm doing this year. Getting the parking pass so I don't hurt myself. Ooh, communicating with person with Parkinson's. Create a decision-making framework. Identify decisions that can be made by the person with Parkinson's alone and what decisions both can weigh in on and the rare instances where you can overrule the person with Parkinson's, like safety, decision as a care partner. For example, their behavior is threatening their safety or another another safety you should step in. Plan ahead for difficult conversations. People with Parkinson's experience behavior and mood changes throughout the day due to medication side effects on and off times, fatigue, and various Parkinson's symptoms. Difficult conversations that may require increased concentration or involved heightened feelings may also escalate the severity of the symptoms. Plan ahead to have difficult conversations during a person's on time and ask them is that when is the best time to talk? Also, be sh- be sure to schedule conversations when you're more likely to be patient and will take the time not only to listen, but also to let the person with Parkinson's be heard. Makes sense. <clears throat> Sorry. Task your person with Parkinson's. Tasks help your person with Parkinson's feel useful, maintain their independence, and demonstrate their central role in the household. That is true. Give them tasks and hold them accountable. Try not to nag. Instead, let your person with Parkinson's get the task done on their own pace and their ability. For example, it might take Scott twice as long as you do to do the dishes, and his dishes may not be as clean as yours. But by doing the dishes, Scott provides himself and you that Scott proves, not provides, proves to himself and you that he is a contributing member of the household. 
true story. I know Scott. Show compassion. Symptoms of Parkinson's and side effects of medication can often cause frustration, confusion, and anger. But getting mad will only exacerbate the situation. In most instances, pause, take a deep, take a step back. You should also take a deep breath. Practicing compassion and patience will be more productive use of your time and energy. Communicating with your doctor. This is important. It, I've heard, it amazes me how many times I've heard something, someone say, hey, this wasn't working. The doctor prescribed me this, it wasn't working. And then me ask them, did you tell your doctor that it worked? No, I just stopped taking it. Didn't go back because it didn't work. And my question to them is then how does the doctor know that it didn't work and how, do, how are they going to help you if they don't know it's not working? So let's see what communicating with your doctor has in store for us. Oh, wait, it's only two. Oh, no. There's five, five items when communicating with your doctor. Ooh. All right. Take another quick break. And then we'll come back to communicating with your doctor. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. This has been my podcast, My Parkinson's Journey. And as always, I am your host, the Trembling EMT. Stay strong. Keep moving forward.